previously on Quantum Kickflip. Listen, I know you guys are trying to be like the hot new slug blasting crew and like prove how cool you are or whatever, but like once an arc, always an arc. You're not fooling us. They're, they're supposed to be doing some kind of big protest over there. And if it's the thinnest spar doorways, they can't get us in trouble. Like, you know, hits all the buttons on, on her reality cannon, poof, fires. It takes you a moment to realize, but you soon do. That's your mom. I'd like to open up my nylon cinch and say, get in. Oh, yeah, great, great idea. And takes her reality cannon and shoves it in. Another deal. I will do all of my work from Null and never go through another portal again if you speak. Right here. In amongst that noise and static, the words you are able to make out are armor and warning. One of them throws their orb at you and, and sort of an energy field radiates out from it and it takes a moment to clock that when it zooped back Nick was not standing there anymore Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Quantum Kickflip. Uh, my name is Robin. I will be your Slugmaster Pod Blaster, and uh, along with me are five of my best and funniest friends who are going to play Slug Blaster along with me. Let's have them introduce themselves. I always forget to friggin' think of an order for you to do this. <laughs> and when anyone got any hot offerings? Personal shame. <laughs> In order of personal shame? Uh, How does that least. even... <laughs> At this moment, mm. I am very shamed by this suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself then? Who, who's so Hi, shameful? I am that? shameful Michael Vetch. Uh, I am playing the not-so-shameful Nick Lowe, uh, who is the Smarts playbook. A very sprightly, energetic, smart boy. Unlike me. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, next, let's get who's got the oldest soul. <laughs> now, this didn't work at all. This was a terrible idea. <laughs> Order a shoe size, smallest to biggest. What up, everybody? <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Yeah, of course. Hello, everyone. I'm Lena Anderson, and I am playing Angus Franklin. He is the Guts playbook with the skip mode runners as his uh, signature device. He's a little stinker who's flipping off a bunch of cops right now. Uh, hey, my name is Glenna Showalter. Uh, I'm playing Elliot Buchanan. She is the chill playbook. Uh, she lives up to that name, and she's an aspiring singer-songwriter who is currently sampling her friend pretending to be Super Satan. Hello, my name is Liam. I am playing Lake Marsden. She is the heart playbook, uh, and the last thing uh, she did was uh, b blast her mom with her reality cannon uh, in front of a whole crowd of uh, uh, pissed-off Thenisparians. I think my shoe size would come in here now, but I already introduced myself very shamefully. You had your chance. <laughs> uh, I'm David Ray. I am playing Chester Capone, who is the uh, Grit playbook. He is a tough son of a gun with a heart of gold, although you wouldn't know that because currently he is pretending to be Super Satan without really fully being aware that he is uh, looking and acting like Super Satan right now. Fair enough. And, and as I said, my name is Robin, and I just got one big foot. Two legs. <laughs> one big foot. Yeah, we've done a little bit of recapping in their introductions, but I'm going to uh, remind our audience. So when we last left off, uh, our heroes were in the dimension of Thenis Spar, 
uh, interrupting a Doorways protest. Doorways is a group that doesn't like slug blasting. They're like a parent advocacy group. Uh, and you guys showed up to uh, rile them up and mess up their protest. And specifically, Lake was very invested in this because uh, she's got kind of a, a connection to Doorways through her mom and her past. So uh, this was a big opportunity for her. Uh, and that went about as bad as it could have gone. I don't know. Everyone else, I mean, you you successfully busted it up. Everyone is like, the protest is is in a shambles. But also, as Liam said, Lake blasted her mom with her reality cannon temporarily warping her her whole deal and making her look all all shim- shimmery and rainbowy and cool uh and then uh has now been discovered slug blasting crossing dimensional planes has kind of managed to justify why she's there but uh has been given an ultimatum meanwhile everyone else had just been faced down by uh some uh monks from the nearby temple that the doorways protest was in front of from the uh, the arborists uh and Upon coming out, they uh, gave you some cryptic warnings, and when Nick tried to stand in their way, an orb was thrown at him, and he disappeared. And that's about where we left things, so I have been just itching to get back in and find out what you guys are going to do about this whole situation. So we're going to pick things back up with what was a quartet of heroes uh, up until very recently when Nick was uh, voiped out of existence. So we we rejoin our trio uh, at the sort of center of this protest rally. You guys had sort of cleared out the crowd thanks to your your super Satan appearance. Uh, You had sort of scared everyone off to the sides. And now you're being faced down by some monks who are aggressively moving towards you. What do y'all do? I I think... Chester is going to look over at Angus because uh, he he originally was coming over to help Angus, and uh, now that we saw that Nick has been voiped away, you know I I, I then turned to Angus and was like, "What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They they have him. They have him in a ball." Ah, <laughs> uh, that shit's not cool. Uh, I think Angus is gonna run up to one of the monks and stick him up with his ray gun. Cool. I should mention that all of them are holding similar orbs to the one that just voiped Nick away. Uh, which, let's rewind for a second just to be clear, it like bursted into an energy ball and when it dissipated, neither the neither the orb or Nick were, were left, just to clarify like... Uh, we'll find out where Nick is. We're gonna, we're gonna catch up with him real soon. But in the meantime, uh, Angus, you're, despite all warnings to the contrary, you're, you're going for uh, a stick up. I, I think so. I mean, I would like maybe try to like hold Angus back. Like we don't, we don't know what's going on with them. Maybe we need to get out of here. Okay. Leave Nick behind and also Lake, by the way. Oh, I gotta go get Lake. (laughs) <laughs> and I look around for Lake. <laughs> uh, you can see that Lake is up at the at the front of the project. Like, uh, she is up on the steps having a, a what looks like a very intense conversation with her mom. Uh, I think he's just going to try to run over to Lake and try to get hurt. Uh, and Angus, you're going you're gonna to move for the monks? I think I'm going to move for the monks. If nothing else, I can buy us some time. Elliot, what's your plan here? Um, I think I'm... Like, I have been uh, just circling the fountain and playing guitar. I will put the guitar away 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, and uh, I, I basically, ha- if this were D&D, which it's not, we're not playing that. But I no. basically want to do a stealth roll uh, <laughs> to sneak up behind one of the monks. Yeah, okay. I like this offer. As you put your guitar away, by the way, you, you unzip your, your Voidware backpack and slide it in. Uh, and it, it sort of bumps up against something, which is weird because it's a pocket dimension. But you realize that uh, Lake's Reality Cannon is still inside your backpack from from when it was stashed there last time. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it's an infinite space. You're able to fit both of them, no problem. It just just is a, a thing that clocks to you that uh, Lake might be in more danger than the rest of you being unarmed. Um, okay, let's get Elliot first because you're kind of doing a sneaky thing so i want to see how this goes because it may impact how it how it plays out might impact other things all right um oh. i would like to lend a die to elliot because i am sticking someone up basically i want to get all eyes on me to make it easier for elliot to do a sneak so i will lend you one of my my one die from my guts thank of you of course that makes total sense cool so i'm rolling three because i'm as the chill i always roll two at a time yeah uh, thank you angus let's I see how you. this goes uh, well, I got a five. Amazing. Uh, before we, we play that out, uh, Angus, let's get your roll. Uh, yes, I'm going to add, I think, a kick to it. I'm going to go turbo with my skip mode runners. Uh, maybe slow the time down just so, so I can get in there. Mm-hmm. I think I also would like to add a die and also try to look cool. In the sense that I want everyone to be like, whoa, look at this guy, he's... He's so cool. We all got to pay attention to what he's doing right now because he's being very commanding. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's get that roll. A five. Beautiful. And Adrenaline Rush gets me a die back because I tried to look cool. <laughs> and succeeded. Mark your style for that because a mixed oh, success still counts. Paint me a word picture of how Angus gets everyone's attention. I think he starts walking towards someone, one of the monks that's close to him. Mm-hmm. And then just before he picks up the pace, maybe he speeds up time with his skip modes, actually, because then that actually makes him move a little bit faster. And that's a way that he gets around behind, grabs him, puts time back to normal. And I think he's just going to have the ray gun right on his head. He definitely doesn't have any, like, lethal intent towards anyone, but he needs to be very bold and aggressive as far as he is concerned. So you're you're pointing the gun right at this guy's head, trying to take a yep. hostage. Okay, yeah, you you by manipulating time are able to get right in close before this guy even has a chance to to hit you with one of his orbs, uh, and you've kind of got him right where you want him. All eyes are on you. There were three of the cultists, I think, and two the other two are are clearly like concerned about about the the danger to their friend here. Uh, meanwhile, Elliot. I don't even know what exactly you were trying to do, but you've got, uh, you you have your window. Angus has sort of made a big distraction here and all eyes are one way. Paint me another word picture of how, uh, of what <laughs> Elliot gets up to in this moment. Elliot sneaks up behind one of the monks that Angus hasn't grabbed, uh, opens, <laughs> sorry, this is very funny to me, <laughs> opens her bag. Yeah. Uh, and activates something called the chaos vent. Okay. So I'll mark one boost. Uh huh. To turn my bag into a one-way portal to a randomly selected world. <laughs> oh my god! And then I'm gonna jump up and just like a kidnapper, like just 
throw the bag over the monk's head to send oh them spiraling God. somewhere else in the multiverse. Oh, <laughs> uh, incredible. That's like kind of dark. <laughs> what happens if they wind up in the ocean? Oh, I like it though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you steal my friend, I steal your friend. <laughs> Let's quickly jump back over to Lake. Your mom has has made you the deal that if you get up in front of this crowd and speak to them, that she will never travel to another dimension again and will will uh, stop what she's been doing here. Uh, what is what is Lake's play here? Um, I I need a quick refresher. Did we come up with a team name yet? That is a really good question. You guys have pitched several, uh, and I believe the one that has been referenced most recently is Weird Gravity. You were initially called the Weird Kids by some of your classmates, uh, and then Elliot sort of coined Weird Gravity during your Desneen run. But I don't know if anyone's made it official. Uh, yeah, so uh, um, upon upon getting this ultimatum from from Lake's mom, she's she's uh, ponders it, you know, bites her lower lip, really really thinks about the no win situation. Because on one hand, if she you know goes up and gives this uh, speech, you know, it's likely going to get recorded. It's likely going to. Uh, uh, you know, make make the rounds on on social media. It'll get back to the classmates and other slug blasters that she she's part of this, that she's anti slug blasting, and that can't happen. Um, but also, her mom's right behind her. If she doesn't follow through with this, it's going to cause pretty dramatic family rift. Yeah, you're already in a lot of trouble with her. You, you already in like a lot of trouble, her yeah. her shimmery glowy nature is starting to fade, but like she's not yeah. happy about what happened. Absolutely not. Uh, and so I think uh, Lake is uh, is gonna kind of go big and and try to have it both ways. Okay. Uh, she's gonna try to turn this this op- uh, this challenge into an opportunity using uh, one of my abilities the heart has uh, called Middle Finger, where once per run you can automatically get a six on a roll, no roll required. Amazing. And she is uh, gonna you know she'll look her mom in the eyes and go, "Okay, mom, if if you promise to to never travel between." Uh, uh, dimensions again. I, 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 I will also speak at this event. She, she walks to the podium. She's, she's gonna put her. She's gonna start like subtly streaming on her phone. Mm-hmm. She starts streaming on her phone. Sets it down on the podium. Um, and and goes oh, hello, hello everyone. Um, my my name is uh, uh Lake Marsden from uh Hillview. Uh, that was just my my mom, uh, Molly speaking. And uh, as you can see. Uh, our our family is no stranger to accidents by way of uh, slug blasting. She she just now some unseen assailant uh, bl- blasted <laughs> her with unknown uh, uh, reality blasting energy. Uh, she she's okay. I, I let me say that now. She's she's okay. And, and I just want uh, to as you can see, I I uh, I want to talk to you about the dangers of slug blasting and specifically uh, dimensional travel. Not a lot is known about traveling between dimensions. And mega friction energy. It's very hard to, and and I I don't even I can't articulate this, but because I'm not a slug blasting teen, she describes exactly how one might go punching a hole through reality using the mega friction board, like in very specific (laughs) detail. Cites how to spot a thin zone and the dangers that come with spotting thin zones, but also if you were a teenager listening, 
you might be like, oh, that's how you do it, huh? That's the <laughs> that's the, the feed you follow. But most importantly, she goes, uh, um, as she's streaming her friends, she, she's sewing all the chaos they're sewing. And even though her mom's behind her, she goes, it, it, it's a very dangerous and volatile prospect to travel between dimensions. There's a lot of twisted realities and a lot of a lot of weird gravity, and we just we just can't have that, everyone. Weird gravity is it's no good. Let's let's all chant. Weird gravity. Weird gravity. Weird gravity and really tries to rile up a chant. Uh, I I I'm wondering, uh has Chester ever met Lake's mom? Does Lake's mom know me from a hole in the wall? I don't know that she would. You guys are, are fairly new friends. Like, you, you you know, have bonded quickly, but I don't know that you would have been, like, over to Lake's house and stuff. I think it's however however you decide. That's your decision as as a player. So, so say if suddenly Lake was, like, tackled and grabbed uh, by a seeming super Satan (laughs) that really the interrupting of this speech is like uh, Lake has done what her her mom wanted, but now she's being kidnapped by super Satan. So it's kind of like, she doesn't even have to get to the part where like slug blasting is really necessarily that awful. Uh, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like your, your ability uh, gives you uh, the opportunity to roll a complete success uh, you do exactly what you're setting out to do, where to your mom, it looks like you're saying exactly what she wants to hear. And, and you see her getting a little bit misty as she sees you, like, really working the crowd and riling them up. And uh, and meanwhile, your stream, it, like, it is absolutely clear to anyone watching any slug blasters out there know exactly what's up and know exactly what you've just done. Buddy, how you doing? Uh, disembodied voice asking me a question? Uh, Nick, you find yourself... Um, one minute you were standing in the square saying, if you want him, you're going to have to go through me. Uh, then there was an orb, and then there was a crash of lightning in the distance and a swarm of bats, uh, and it's it's raining and it's dark, and you are not where you were before. This looks nothing like Thenispar. You, uh, without having done anything yourself or, you know, be even been on your hoverboard, it seems like you have found yourself in an entirely different plane of reality. There are gnarled, spindly trees with no leaves, uh, and like I say, sheets of rain are coming down, uh, lightning in the distance, you hear a howling sound, uh, and there's a muddy dirt road in front of you. Yeah, you have found yourself in, uh, in the plane of the waking pits. What do you do? Chester, get behind me. Uh, <laughs> Chester, uh, uh. <laughs> Lightning bats, castles, waking pits. How did I get to the waking pits? Uh, let's say you also see at your feet the uh, the orb that was tossed at you. It's sort of a silver color, and it, it's sort of steaming, but looks otherwise deactivated. It, it, whatever charge it had is gone but it lies in the mud at your feet. I guess uh, Nick picks it up. Like You mentioned it was steaming. Is it, like, warm? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, like, not hot, but but warm, sure. A L- little, little hot potato-y as he- he's looking at it. <laughs> um, I think Nick's smart enough that he can put together, oh, 
globe is thrown at me, I am now elsewhere. It's because of the globe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Is there anything else that Nick can glean from observing this piece of technology? Uh, I don't think in the moment, but I think if you were to, you know, take it with you, it might might hold some uh, information that you could glean upon deconstructing it a little bit. Gotcha. The main things you're gleaning from right now is that, like, it did a thing and now it appears to be inoperative. Like, it seems to be a single use, single charge kind of a deal. Gotcha. Then I guess in this moment, uh, Nick is going to, like, pocket the globe and he has to try and find a thin zone out of here? I think that's exactly what he has to do. However... No sooner have you kind of got your bearings and realized where you are. I know, Glenna, your ability says a randomly selected dimension, <laughs> and I feel like we could we could roll a d12, but this is just too perfect. So I think next to you, materializing as if from nowhere, uh, sort of like falling headfirst uh, as though a bag was pulled directly over his head, uh, is one of the <laughs> cultists that uh, was threatening you back in Thenispar. Uh, he's on the ground, he looks a little bit confused, and then uh, his head lifts and he kind of makes eye contact with you. Uh, but you've, for the moment at least, kind of got the drop on him. What's your play? Cloak bloke! <laughs> and Nick takes a stance uh, with his, his katana is still sheathed at his side. Uh, but he's going to go forward and he's going to try and make an attack to, to subdue this this robed figure. Oh, amazing. So using your katana or, or using a ray gun or, or what's... Uh, using the katana, but I think he's going to try and do it still sheathed so it's like a non-lethal strike kind of thing. That's fair. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't totally. necessarily want to cut this person in half. So <laughs> let's uh, let's get a roll for that. Let's resolve this right now. I love it. Uh, so I'll get my one die for rolling the sword... Now, Nick Nick has another sort of, like, specialized attack move he's going to be doing here. It's, it's a very anime sort of thing. Would that get me the you-know-a-lot-about-anime-plus-1d6 roll? Yeah, I'll give it to you. I love these, <laughs> I love these damn moves, so sure. Um, that's those, and then I think I will still use one boost, because I want this to go, and... I think Nick will be looking cool. And you're trying to look cool. Are you like streaming this on your phone or anything? Is this, uh, or or you're just looking cool uh, to in a in a vacuum? You're looking it's cool like to the monk vacuum, that you're attacking. Uh, yeah, in a weird way, it is, I was gonna say it is to this monk, in that mm. Nick is trying to prove himself capable. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's get that roll. Here's my three d six, and I got a four. Uh, that is a mixed success. Mark your style. Nice. And describe to me this attack that you're trying to pull off on this monk. Uh, so typically, uh, in past when Nick has used any of his big moves, he, he like bellows out big loud voice. Uh, this one, however, in a very hushed tone, he, he whispers, Nikitana, sixth form, astral assassination. <laughs> and uh, with this, it's actually it's a combo of using his negatana as well as his Rift Ninja sneakers, specifically the astral phasing on them, in which he becomes slightly not there enough to move silently, and he like quickly dashes his way and makes uh, manages to get around behind uh, this monk, and what would be like a, sort of a, a stab down from above. This time has the, the sheath on the sword and just cracks the guy over the back of the head <laughs> to knock him out. 
Ah, oh, amazing. And yeah, you, you do exactly that. You feel the impact. Uh, and and we're, we're in that sort of uh, movie logic space where where you can just clock someone hard on the back of the head and they, they go unconscious with no lasting injury. Because <laughs> that's, that's the kind of world we all want to live in here in Slug Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> so this mug already on the ground, kind of uh, scrabbling around in the mud, uh, falls in a, in a heap and, and is... Uh, at your feet there. Four is a mixed success. Uh, and I believe what happens is as he crumples, he, he had been reaching into his robe to pull out another orb to, to go for another attack. Uh, and as he falls, it sort of bounces out of his hand on the ground and activates. And in another whoop, a sphere of silvery energy balloons out. Uh, and and when it dissipates, uh, the two of you are are uh, can no longer be seen on the plane of the waking pit. <laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> Back in Thenispar, Elliot, you uh, you pulled off your maneuver there, and Angus, you've got someone at gunpoint. Um, but both of you also rolled mixed successes. Mm-hmm. The the remaining monk who who is uh, has not been. Uh, Knapsacked, uh, kid, kidnapsacked, kidnapsacked, uh, <laughs> and who is not currently a gunpoint, uh, has pulled out another one of these ropes. And Angus, like before you even get a chance, he has chucked it. It, it impacts uh, and has sort of a bluish energy that that it, it does a similar thing where it expands in a sphere and then contracts. And at first, you're not sure what happened because you're still there, the monk's still there, Elliot's still there. Everything seems like it was. And then as you sort of like move to look around, you realize that your gun uh, that you have to the guy's head is now fixed in place. You are moving around it, but the gun is like permanently affixed in midair where it was as though it has been magnetically locked uh, in position. Uh, And so this monk realizes what's happening and kind of like ducks out from under the way and like elbows you in the gut. That's the nature of your, the problem from your mixed success is your, your uh, charge is now getting away and your gun is locked up. Uh, and, and we're going to fold that into Elliot's mixed success. Uh, sure. Keeping in mind that either of you guys can nope this at any point. This escaped prisoner is kind of rushing directly towards you. He is not happy that, uh, that you kidnap sacked his friend. Uh, <laughs> so he is moving aggressively towards you, Elliot. Boom. Two mixed successes resolved. Let me know if we're noping or if we've got another play. Uh, but I think if no one's got anything immediate, we might cut over to our good friend Chester. All right. Uh, so I actually have no idea who this person is. I like, uh, Lake's mother. I have no idea. So I'm hoping to just grab tackle, uh, Lake. And, uh, in my brain, I saw that the, this podium, wherever she was speaking from was in front of like one of the side walls of the church on the outside. That's how I had pictured it. Is that fair? Is that close? I think we'd established that it was like direct, like the stairs leading up to the front of the On church. the steps, yeah. Like it's on the front steps of this church. Uh, in oh, front so of the window the, you broke last time. In front of the, bro- oh, the, which was higher up, I assume. And so yes, like yeah. behind Lake would be the, the, the grand double doors then into mm-hmm. the church. Into the temple, yeah. This might be even better. So here's the thing. Chester's still not used to, you know, this uh, powered armor with the, you know, the mobility boosters. So I'm hoping that, like, the tackle goes way too far. We crash through, I guess, the doors now, uh, kind of far enough away that it's like when I have a moment to 
talk to Lake, it gives her cover to get out of there to like escape uh, unnoticed is, you know, uh, what I'm kind of thinking. But I also want to look uh, hella cool doing this. So mm-hmm. I, I am going to use one of my grit die. Uh, I'm going to uh, look cool, try to look cool. Uh, so that means I can get some style if I do this well. I'm going to use unlock, which gives me uh, a D6 for any time I try to look cool. Nice. And I, I'm going to use uh, the kick from my powered armor. So the thing is, in this tackle, I'm not trying to hurt Lake at all. I'm trying to like really like wrap her up and like mm-hmm. I'm like crashing through the door. Like I'm wrapping her up and I'm taking the brunt if there's any like issue. But that's that's my plan. Um, that sound good there, Robin? Yeah, absolutely. I I can't wait to see how this plays out. Okay, with three d six. Well, uh, two, a two, and a four. Hey, that's a mixed success. That's the and and the the latter part of that is what counts. So mark your style. Yeah, the four is what counts. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, let's let's deal with the success part of this mixed success. Uh, describe to us what what it looks like. Chester rushing the steps uh, and and uh, carrying out his plan. I think it's kind of like as Lake is doing this wonderful job, uh, like getting the chant going, weird gravity, weird gravity. And then like a bullet, she's gone. It's like if you look, it's that moment when like uh, Hulk punches Thor off to the side and like Thor is gone. That's kind of what it looks like with like Lake and uh, (laughs) uh, crash through the doors. Maybe they're even broken off their hinges. I don't care. Uh, And, you know, I roll into the middle of the church and I'm looking down at um, Lake and like, we need to get out of here. You get out of here and I'll go get the others. Uh, Lake also, as you grab her, she grabs her phone. So from the perspective of the phone, as everyone's chanting weird gravity, the phone just sort of takes off and like <laughs> moves in a weird direction and then dissipates and ends the end of the stream. But like the final the final part of the stream is the, the phone elevating and then zipping away. <laughs> ah, incredible. And you do crash through the doors and, and you do take like... I don't think you take them right off their hinges, but you you definitely like burst them inwards, and there are splinters, and one of them's hanging by the bottom hinge, kind of thing. It's a it's a rough scene. You tumble into the center of this uh, sort of uh, this temple's uh, grand foyer. Um, I know churches. I know what they're like. Mm-hmm. And I think up ahead of you, yeah, you have that moment with like where you're like, "We need to get out of here," uh, and and then you sort of look up and you realize that there's a ceremony going on. That like this is not an empty cathedral. This is like there are many more of these robe figures in different colors. It looks like there's sort of a, a lineup of uh, of people in lighter colored robes and then a, a sort of grouping of people in darker colored robes. One of the people in the lighter colored robes is kneeling in the center of the room. Uh, as uh, a person in darker colored robes is like doing hand motions and chanting something over top of them. And as everyone else sort of looks on at this ritual taking place, but it's all gone quiet as all of them turn their attention to the scene in front of them. (laughs) The doors have burst open and this mechanized super Satan has come tumbling through. And you know what? 
that that's a that's a narrative complication. You've got more of these rogue figures you've got to get deal with. I'll mm. give you your you you take some damage uh, from the uh, going through the doorway. Uh, so you're you're gonna take a slam, which is gonna get rid of one of your uh, extra dice. Take that off, unless you you know had an ability that you want to do employ to mitigate that that minor in- injury. My my brush it off. Uh, so yeah, yeah, do, yeah. do I still take one trouble? Yes, so you would normally have to to take two trouble, um, but in this case, you mark one and you get a style, I believe, is the ability. Yes, yes. Cool. Let's catch up with uh, let's catch up with Nick again. We haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, Nick, you, you, one moment you had just pulled off the coolest maneuver and non-lethally subdued the monk that was coming after you. Uh, mm-hmm. The next, uh, you you find yourself sort of floating in in a, a reality that doesn't seem to have an up or a down. Uh, it sort of just looks like an orangey pink sunset. There are there are floating crystals lazily orbiting around, and occasional bursts of of aquamarine light in the distance. Uh, these beams that seem to refract off the floating shards of crystal. Uh, you you have materialized into the plane of Prismatia. Prismatia. Uh, I think Nick quickly activates the anti-nigger friction outsoles on his sneakers, uh, so he's standing on the back of this monk. Uh, <laughs> just since there's no gravity, he's not going to float away. He's just going to like be standing on this monk <laughs> of his unconscious form amazing uh, he glances around a bit and then i think he's gonna try and see if there are any the monk had any more orbs oh beautiful uh, i'm not even gonna make you roll for this he absolutely does Ooh, how many is it a standard six six pokeballs in a team we, we <laughs> i'll take your word for that yeah uh he's burned uh he's burned two but there are four left <laughs> i think Nick is going to try something a little weird. <laughs> so you said the the gravity's kind of wonky, right? Is it does stuff kind of float? Yeah, everything's just sort of drifting and floating. You're currently kind of uh, on an island made of an unconscious monk, <laughs> but uh, there, there's uh, yeah these these crystal shards. There's sort of a, 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 a trail of them lazily drifting by that you could probably make your way over to. Uh, there's there's pink clouds in the distance. Uh, large glass ring uh that that's a little further away and some other stuff but let's let's hear what you're trying to do uh so nick is going to take the remaining four orbs and sort of set them out around him almost in four corners so they're kind of gently floating around him mm-hmm. uh and then he's gonna look down and, and say to the monk that he's standing on don't worry i've got an idea that might work uh, and he is then. He going doesn't to... respond. <laughs> what? <laughs> How rude! <laughs> Nick is going to take his sword mm-hmm. and, utilizing its ability of slip rattle, roll to teleport in universe by slicing space time. He is going to try and cut all four orbs in huh. a thought that maybe he'll be able to teleport somehow. <laughs> uh you're trying to like slice them in half? Yes. Yeah, okay. But it's also a, a matter of to... like use like his ability with the sword is that he can cut through space time and he can teleport. 
So I think in in, use, in activating these orbs, it's not just them teleporting. He's trying to drive the teleportation and maybe, like, boost its power by activating the orbs is kind of the thought. Okay. So it's still, like, the, the main way that he's getting through space-time is by using his sword. Normally he can only do that in-universe. Combining that with what these orbs can do is his hope is maybe he can find a way back to Thanesmar. Yeah. All right. Um... Boy, I'll need, uh, you got any kick you can throw on this? <laughs> I do. Uh, so I, I was going to roll, because I have to roll to do the slip rattle, so that was a die to begin with. I want to mm -hmm. use, I still have a boost die for my smarts, and having just chatted up the monk, you know, I, I want to impress him. I'm going to look cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look cool for this monk. I, I've got a bit of kick. I can. How much? How much kick would you say this sort of maneuver might require? Oh, I'll give you this: the more kick you spend, the more likely that this is going to get you where you want it want to go. Because uh, you're at, you're you're taking a lot on faith here, and 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 really trying to uh, manipulate some technology that you don't fully understand. So I think the more kick you spend, the the more likely that this is going to go how you want it to. I am going to spend four kick. Oh, baby. <laughs> As the smarts, I got a lot of that resource. Uh, Nick, Nick he's, he's a smart lad. He has witnessed two teleportations here, and he's done a little bit on his own. He thinks he's got an idea how this might work. Let's see if he thinks right. <laughs> That's the six we needed. Oh, baby. <laughs> So Nick, while standing on this monk, it's it's pretty much right after he says, I think I've got an idea that might work. He shouts out, Negaton is second form, momentum whirl. Uh, and this move is essentially your classic Legend of Zelda spin attack. So <laughs> while he is standing on top of this monk's back, he just begins whirling and slices on through all four of these orbs. Amazing. And I think in doing this, you, you, uh, you do activate each of them in turn. But it's sort of like, you're not, you know, pressing a button and activating it the way it was meant to be. You're sort of like destroying it in the in the process. And so as I think as a result, instead of a neat little uh, sphere of silver energy that sort of balloons out, you get sort of a wobbly cloud of reality distortion. And as you arc your sword through each of them, you're able to sort of see a little glimpse of what lies beyond. One of them looks very... Um, there, there's uh, strange colored uh, trees and foliage uh, and sort of a uh, serene pastoral scene playing out in front of you. In contrast to that, one of them looks very uh, urban and grimy. There, there's uh, tall towers in the distance and spires rising upwards. Uh, one of them looks just kind of boring. There's just like a field and then like a convenience store nearby. And then finally, you do see one that looks... Uh, sort of multicolored tall buildings uh, uh, in the architectural style of, of where you just came from, uh, Thanispar, with a, a large moon looming, looming in the background. Uh, and you, you see these uh, wobbly clouds of reality distortion emanating from each of them, and it's sort of like they, they don't go quite as fast as when they're regularly triggered. So you have that split-second moment of, of which one am I going to dive through? Uh, which one are you going to dive through? <laughs> think the one that I was aiming for. Okay, I didn't know if you were trying to get back to Null or if you were trying to go catch up with your friends. I think I got, I, I was trying to protect Chester, so I gotta go back to do that. 
Um, so I think Nick's spin continues, and he uses that momentum to sort of drift toward the direction he wants. Uh, feet still stuck to this monk. I was gonna say, do you do you bring the monk with you, or do you kick him towards one of the <laughs> I'm other not ones? Leave him behind. That'd be cruel. Okay, that's that's <laughs> awful nice of you. I appreciate that. I, as the as the uh, embodiment of the consciousness of the monk, uh, or unconsciousness, <laughs> as the case may be, I appreciate that. Let's jump back to our friends Angus and Elliot. Uh, you just uh, successfully kidnapped one of the monks, but there's uh, one remaining. Uh, well, there's two remaining, and one of them is charging uh, straight for you. Uh, what do you, uh, what do either of you do? Depending on the nature of, uh, how this guy is charging me. Uh, I got one boost left. I think Elliot holds open the bag. And oh, tries, oh, yeah. Oh, tries, I want to help. Yeah, tries to maneuver it in such a way that, like, in charging, she just, like, whoop, and just, uh, gets him, kidnap sacks another one. <laughs> Incredible. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you roll for that. And Angus, you're going to throw on a, in an extra die or some kick? What's what's happening there? Uh, take a kick. I want to grappling hook his ankles. Wait. <laughs> like I want to fire my grappling hook and wrap it around his ankles and trip him. Oh, I see. I thought to like pull him back. And I'm like, do you want him to go through or don't you? But I understand. Yeah. Yeah, Elliot, uh, roll whatever dice you're rolling. I don't know if you're adding anything with your, you said you had a boost left. I do, but I need to mark the boost to make the chaos event work. Ah, I see. I gotcha. But you always roll two. I always roll two. So let's see. I just realized my grappling hook is uh, in the narrative attached to my ray gun. Oh. So it is. Do you want to throw some kick in in another way? Do you have another maneuver that you can offer? Yeah, maybe I'll just try and trip him. Cool. Uh, And Elliot, what was your roll? I rolled a six. Amazing. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this guy, uh, yeah, Angus, you, you, you realize that your gun is stuck and this gives the guy the opportunity he needs to break free. He kind of elbows you, but you're, you're pretty quick on the uptake and you manage to just swipe a leg out in front of him. Uh, and sure enough, he, he uh, falls for it, literally, and goes tumbling forward directly into the open satchel uh, that uh, Elliot holds out in front. Um, let's get a roll for this one to see where he... No, you know what? <laughs> He uh, he materializes in the plane of Prismatia just in time to see a young boy say, don't worry, I think I have an idea, and then <laughs> circle slice his way away <laughs> and is left just kind of floating there. He's got orbs. He can get, he's fine. Um, so you two have eliminated two out of three of these guys. There is still one remaining, if I'm counting right. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but you know what? That was a complete success. So we're going to let that ride and, and jump over to the inside of the church. Uh, Chester and Lake, uh, you are in a heap on the floor. Uh, these robed figures were, were mid ceremony and now have been interrupted by you. Uh, you start to hear some shouting in that same like archaic language that your universal translators just can't quite parse, but you, you don't even really need a universal translator to understand that they are upset with what's going on here and and are are shouting about uh what's to be done about it but what are you gonna do about it what i want to do is uh, i i get up off of lake i run to the back of uh of the church there there's a pew and i just kind of like 
you know, engage those heavy duty servos and just kind of like yeet uh, a good old uh, <laughs> pew forward. Uh, no, I'm not trying to hit anybody, but rather just kind of like this vague in your direction. There is now uh, uh, end over end spinning pew going forward. I'm hoping mm-hmm. Lake moves, but I guess that's up to her. And then I'm also going to run out the front door. Amazing. Um, you do need to, it does say to roll to do the heavy duty servos to, to lift or carry very heavy things. So I think we mm-hmm. will need a roll for this maneuver. I can, I can help though. I can, oh, um, yeah. yeah, she, she looks, looks at, uh, uh, Chester right now. She's like, oh my goodness, that was perfect timing. You have given me such an out. You have no idea. Oh, okay. Here, thank you. Yes. Um, and, and, uh, sort of scrambles to her feet, like gives him a hug, scrambles to her feet. And, and in that hug is essentially giving you her, her heart to describe how your passion and empathy helps you in action. I'd kick die, but she's given that to you. Uh, uh, both, a, both a die and a boost. A die and a boost. Okay. Sorry. Uh, uh, just clarifying die and kick, uh, like kick, kick. Yeah. yeah sorry. Die and kick. Die and Good. Kick. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to toss in one of my own dice from, uh, grit, uh, I think I'm going to look cool in this too. I, I'm going big in all of this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I feel like I want my presence known, which gives me my extra D6 uh, for my unlock ability. And then, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with those three. Okay. Uh, I got a one, a four, and a five. Uh, all right. That is a mixed success. Uh, mark your style. Oh boy, you're racking up some style this time around. I'm also racking up a bunch of trouble. So yeah, your distraction goes off without a hitch. Uh, you you flip this pew uh, and it sort of does a, a uh, wobbly 180 spiral thing and then comes crashing down. Um, so to be clear here, Chester has, on a previous visit, materialized inside this temple and burst through their ornate stained glass window, uh, inspiring their wrath. Uh, on a return visit, has now busted their doors off their hinges and then thrown a pew up to have it come crashing and smashing down into splinters on the ground, um, and is now going to get the hell out of here again. Beautiful. Get the hell out of here. So you're able to cause that distraction. Lake, you're able to slip out the side door, and you are effectively away from your mom and and have also evaded the uh, monks inside. Uh, and... I wanted to clarify, Robin. So, like, if, if there are multiple ways out of this, I am trying to make my way back to where Elliot and Angus were uh, to help them out. Yeah, so I think your your most direct route to do that would be back out the way you came, but that'll also be past Lake's mom and, and everyone else. There are also side doors that you could go out that would get you away from... You wouldn't be running directly back into the people you just escaped from, uh, but you wouldn't be far away either. You'd be able to, you know, circle back up the alley and and maybe regroup. Uh, Well, I'm hoping that just by my uh, intimidating presence that it would be okay if I go back out through the main doors because I want to, like, make it back to the others and make sure that they are also clear to leave. Chester, you double back out the way you came. And I think because uh, looking cool, uh, as you just did, is is supposed to entail worse consequences, uh, I think you come bursting out. You're able to uh, plow straight past the uh, assembled doorways protesters. Like you say, you're pretty big and intimidating looking. Lake's mom is is not uh, happy with you. But I think seeing you run out is almost a relief because, like, 
okay, you, you grabbed Lake, but now you're not with Lake, so Lake might be okay. I don't know. I think she's still very worried, but, like, is just sort of caught off guard by the side of you. You're able to plow right through. However, down in the uh, the center square uh, there where Angus and Elliot are still facing off against one of these robe figures, he has sort of left his attention, like, uh, he, he freed his buddy who was held at gunpoint, and it's it's dawned on him that the person that he seemed to be focusing attention, his attention on originally, Chester, uh, is no longer here. And he's kind of scanning the crowd to see if he can figure out where this super satanic armored figure made his way off to. Uh, and sure enough, just as he sort of scans the crowd, he sees you bursting out of the church towards him. And I think he throws another one of those orbs that he was packing, which explodes in a, uh, a bluish ball of light. Uh, and Chester, you suddenly find yourself... You, you you are charging and barreling forward and you're almost to your friends and then you're sort of stopped short. All of you was traveling forward and then all of a sudden your arm just wasn't and the rest of you sort of got gr- snagged and whiplashed as your arm is just sort of frozen uh, as it was caught in this uh, magnesis sphere uh, and is now locked in place uh, in, in midair. Uh, and the problem with that is that it's all part of your power armor so you're you're kind of connected to it so it's not like uh one of these robe globes uh, like the other ones it's just holding me in place right this is a thing that happened to angus a little while ago as well yeah so it has yeah. rather than warping you into another dimension this one has caused some sort of a magnetic effect that is right. holding one arm of your powered armor locked in midair like an immovable rod from D style it is just locked gotcha. in place so the rest of you and your armor is free to move around it but it's all kind of you're 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 stuck there for the time being. Gotcha, gotcha. Meanwhile, let's cut back to Angus and Elliot, and uh, it, at that very moment, uh, <laughs> materializing a uh, short distance away from from where he was just a moment ago, uh, Nick Lowe comes spiraling in with a, a cool sweep of his uh, negatana uh, and a monk on his feet, <laughs> and a monk on his feet. It's my new board. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, you're alive. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Oh, you know, just doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Would Lake be able to see this congregation from the side door she slipped out of and join them? Yes, I think you can. So you can see your friends in the square. You, you kind of slipped out the side door and sort of peek around the edge. Um, there is a little bit of risk associated with rejoining them in that your your mom is still very much on the steps there and kind of paying attention to this whole scene because the uh, assailant who mm. presumably kidnapped her uh, daughter is there. So if you want your clean exit, you may not want to charge directly back out into the center of attention, but I, I ain't telling you how to play your game. Yeah, no, I think, I think if that's what she sees, she's not going to risk it. Uh, you tell me how many text messages I can send how quickly, but I think one is going to be to the gang saying, hey guys, I'll meet you back in, in Null. In, yeah, she says to, the, to her friends, I'll meet you back in Null, and she says to her mom, I'm okay, I'll meet you back in Hillview. Ah, amazing, yeah. Uses the lingo, a little, little, little slug blaster code switching, but otherwise it's just like, I'm, I'm taking my out and I'm, 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 I'm out of here. Yeah, fair enough. Um, is what she tells them, but she's going to make sure they get out and watch from afar. That makes total sense. Specifically Chester. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Uh, so yes, the three of you have reunited, uh, but it is at that moment that you notice that Chester has been hit with one of these orbs and is now uh, apparently locked in place, and that one remaining monk is moving 
sort of threateningly towards him. I specifically didn't want them to get Chester. <laughs> um, I want to examine my gun. Okay. And try to figure out how I can disable the thing that's on my gun or like get a better sense of the effect. Yeah, you, you go to sort of examine what's going on here. Like you're able to let go of the gun and it just sort of hangs there in midair. The orb itself, uh, much like the other one, it, it sort of like uh, exploded in energy. And then I guess it would, I was going to say it was sitting on the ground at your feet, much like the one that Nick found, but this one would be floating right where it detonated because it is also made of uh, some variety of metal. If you wanted to try and deactivate it, I think it would be a roll to s- smash it. Okay. Um, or otherwise, like, I, I don't know if you want to try and like, I don't know what Angus's style is. Are you trying to operate it or like hack its mainframe? Or are you trying to <laughs> obliterate it and hope that breaks the effect? Well, here's the fun thing about Angus. Mm-hmm. I have a playbook ability called Knack. Mm-hmm. You've always been really good at fill in the blank. You get plus 1d6 in situations this would help in. My blank that I filled in was tinkering with electronics. Yeah, oh, beautiful. I don't know how electronic this is, but if I may use my knack, I would like to roll to uh, get on in there and disable it. Yeah, you know what? I I think I'm going to make this simple. I will say that your knack tells you that probably the thing to do is smash this thing to bits uh, and I'll let that plus one d6 carry forward to your roll to smash it to bits. Oh, baby! I don't know what you have to smash it with uh, on your person. The streets are, are cobblestony. You can probably find a chunk of rock. Yeah, I feel like rock is a little bit more elegant than the first thing that came to my mind, which was my hoverboard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gives me less immediate fodder for for problems if you were to roll poorly. That's yeah. for sure. Uh- <laughs> So I guess he will pick up a rock and try to, like, chip the thing off of his gun. And I roll a five. Mm, Yeah, I think we're going to do a classic sort of uh, slam as the problem where you you pick up a chunk of rock off the street, take a big whack at it, and you're able to uh, disable it. Both the orb and the gun fall. I'll even say with that success that you're able to, like, catch the gun as it falls and and, uh, not let it... uh, so that it doesn't clatter on the ground and, and make you look like a big nerd. <laughs> However, yeah, I think the the uh, mechanical problem here is literally just that, like, yeah, you, you hit this thing and it sort of, like, sparks. And I'll, I'll make this a very simple issue. Uh, you're, you're able to recover your ray gun, but it doesn't seem to be working. It seems like you're going to have to do some repairs before you can get it to fire again. Unless you wanted to, you know do anything that that negates a problem that I have introduced. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think I want to nope that. I want my gun, Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Yeah, then you smash this thing and mark two trouble, but your gun, uh, at first you you don't seem to get any response from it when you try and power it up, but then you just give it a good whack against your leg and then it sort of and it's back. It just like something was shorted, but you, you got it back. Um, <laughs> my knack works again. So, so I have an offer of what I would like to do next. Yeah. yeah and yeah. let me know if this is cool, uh, all the people involved, because there's more than one person involved. Uh, I, I look in my bag and I pull out the reality cannon. Ooh. And I would love to heft it at Chester. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And <laughs> roll to temporarily change minor features of a target, like color, texture, volume, odor, or ear position, etc. I would like to change his power armor from magnetized to demagnetized. Amazing. Oh, so you're going to fire off a shot at, at Chester's power armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, can yeah. I use the boost that's available on the reality cannon? <laughs> I think that's a Liam decision. Liam, is that okay? Uh, you've got it. Yeah, it's you. The boost is uh, it's there to be used, and I can't. There's nothing I could do about like could do about it if she wanted to. Cool. So, so I'm gonna go. boost this. Um, you'll you'll find out later how she feels about this. <laughs> <laughs> We've never had a character use another character's device before. I'm so curious to see how this plays out. I rolled a five. Ah, fantastic. Paint me a little little picture here of what this looks like. Because uh, Elliot's never operated this before, so how exactly does she employ the reality cannon? Uh, well, like, uh, Liam has always described it as a lob shot. Uh, <laughs> and like a t-shirt cannon. I think she, like, posts it up in the ground. Yeah. Because it's big enough for it. Uh, I, I think Lake is taller than Elliot, so Elliot's a little uh-huh. bit... Uh, yeah, she's famous, probably the tallest one in the yeah. group. And sort of, like, aims it, and, uh, is it a literal dial? Yeah, or or some arcade, whatever arcade machine button you feel like is appropriate. So instead of a dial, like a golden tea spinning ball or something. Yeah, I think it's something like that. And then she uh, spins it up and like, just like a lob shot. Beautiful arc hits uh, Chester's magnetized arm. Incredible. Uh, Yeah, Chester, you, you just as you kind of slam to a halt there and realize that you were stuck in in that same moment uh, as you're like, oh, no, what do I do about this? your arm uh, shimmers and then is is pulled free. The complication I want to introduce is this. That all goes swimmingly, but is also, as we established, Lake's mom is still on the steps and observes this happening and kind of puts two and two together that there's a kid here with a reality cannon. Oh uh, no! And is like, oh no, that's who shot me earlier. (laughs) I don't know if she's close enough to like, get an accurate read on, you know, your face and stuff. We're going to resolve that a little later. But in the immediate is like, that's who shot me. Let's uh, after them. Uh, And both the security forces of doorways start to amass as well as a bunch of robed figures come out from inside. Like their, their ritual was interrupted. Uh, They were halted momentarily by a pew being flipped, Uh, but it doesn't take that much time to, to circumvent a flipped pew. Uh, and so you now have uh, security forces and robed figures closing in on you. Uh, however, all of you are, are demagnetized. Uh, you've successfully evaded your parents. You're all kind of in the position where you can bolt. Uh, so my question to the five of you is, y- you bolting? Uh, yeah, like that. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's time to run, gang. Hey everybody, it's Robin, your faithful slugmaster, here to interrupt our hero's escape attempt with a few quick updates. First off, as always, thank you so much for listening. You are the reason we do this, and we appreciate your support so very much. Uh, If you want to help the show grow, the absolute best ways to do that are by recommending it to friends and by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. I can guarantee you we read every single one, and it absolutely makes our whole week when, uh, when a new one goes up. Uh, you can also follow us at Quantum Kickflip on all the major platforms, including our brand new Patreon page. 
Uh, we post all kinds of bonus content over there. We've got outtakes. We've got an interview with the creator of Slug Blaster, where we talk about how the game was created and how it evolved, as well as how to make the best nachos. It's really great stuff. Uh, plus, you get to listen to all new episodes earlier and all for only five bucks a month. Pretty good deal. You can check out the sketch comedy troupe that we're all a part of at thedebutantes.ca, and you can learn more about the game we're playing at slugblaster.com. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. For more info, you can check out amaas.ca. And finally, we release a new episode of Quantum Kickflip every other Wednesday, so don't miss the start of a brand new adventure on Wednesday, July 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yeah, Lake Lake sees all of this and is like, I think it's time for them to run. They should run. And then when they start running, she goes, whew, and casually walks off herself. No troubles at all because she's hidden and fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick is going to make one last sort of move to try and create uh, a, a final distraction to cover their escape from this square. Absolutely. I love it. What is uh, What is that distraction? I think Nick, still standing atop of this monk at the moment, says... Don't worry, guys, I got it. And he turns to face toward the big fountain in the, the middle of the square. And uh, he's going he's gonna to try and cut the fountain so there's a big spray of water everywhere that will, that will distract the crowd. Uh, yeah, throw on any, uh, any booster kick that you are wanting to take effect here, and let's get that roll. Uh, I will add a boost, and uh, I am going to try and look cool. Uh, and the way that he tries to look cool... Of course, he's going to shout something out. Uh-huh. Actually, I'll, I'll roll to see, and then we'll see how that, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Two and a six, two and a six. B. Oh, beautiful. So I will shout something out, and that <laughs> thing that I'm shouting is, um, Nekatana, seventh form, quantum quick draw. <laughs> and, uh, Nick, uh, he's got both hands on the sword on his, in, in the sheath on his left hip. He sticks his left leg back, so he's in a big lunge, and he's pretty much, like, parallel to the ground, not even looking at the fountain anymore. Uh, And utilizing the power of the slip rattle, where he slices through space-time to teleport, he's going to do that that classic sort of katana move where you don't even see it, like, come out of the sheath. Mm. He, He, like, pops the hilt with his thumb, and then he has already... He's done the swipe, and it has teleported him to the other side of the fountain, but it looks like he's still been in this lunge the whole time. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, and and there's that moment where you, you finish your lunge and, and it doesn't even look like the sword has come out. And then the fountain just explodes in a huge spray of water, uh, effectively masking your escape. As as the uh, the four of you, uh, because Lake is, uh, as she pointed out, off scot-free and wandering off down a different alleyway. Uh, but the four of you make your make your exit. We've almost resolved everything here in Thenispar, but there is one final thing we need to do. Uh, as you are making your escape, I want any of the five of you have, who have marked trouble over the course of this run to roll me your disaster roll. So, so surprisingly, Lake didn't roll any trouble. <laughs> so you're literally scot-free. Uh, 
I li- she's her hands are in her overall pockets, and she has got her board under her arm. She knows the reality cannons with Elliot, and she is just like whistling as she walks away, gets herself an olive oil popsicle. Yeah. You're that also- is unbelievable. How your mom isn't lighting up your phone with voicemails is nuts. I, I texted her. I said I'd meet her in Hillview. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> you get a response that's just K dot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably get in trouble at home, but so far so good. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and you're also the one with the space-time amphimeter, so you're able to, like, yeah, you, you stroll down the square, you get a popsicle, you casually pull out the amphimeter, find a conveniently located portal zone, and, and off you go. Uh, no shoes whatsoever. I get a silk somewhere in there. I get a silk scarf and some cool sunglasses. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, who's who? Who did mark trouble this run? Uh, I marked no. four. Oh jeez. Mm-hmm. I didn't mark trouble this run, but I have some left over from before. Okay. I didn't. I marked three. So everyone that did mark trouble, uh, which it looks like will be Angus, Elliot, and Chester. I need you to roll for me, and you got to beat your trouble score, not just match, but but exceed, uh, which, oh boy, Chester, I've got my fingers crossed for you, buddy. Let's get those rolls. <laughs> I'm good. What, what'd you roll? I rolled a two. And your trouble score was? One. Ah, amazing. Phew. Angus? I had three trouble. Mm-hmm. I have rolled a two. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, and finally, Chester. Uh, my, I have four trouble, and I rolled a four. Oh, boy, the same two, the same two that have had disaster strike in the past. Are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would be lying if I said that I was. So, yes, I think uh, Nick does this incredible fountain maneuver, sends up a spray of water. You have security forces after you. You have monks after you. But there is enough chaos and pandemonium that you're pretty easily able to slip into the crowd. And one of the advantages of Thanispar is that it is a crowded sort of uh, city marketplace, uh, or at least this portion of it is, uh, is quite crowded. So you're pretty easily able to sort of lose your followers and and very quickly um put some distance and some people between you and them yeah and you guys can go directly back from where you are so you're 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 regrouped you're on your hoverboards weaving your way through uh heading towards where you know that the thin zone is going to be uh because you guys already have unlocked the the portal zone between thenispar and null and it's looking like a straight shot Elliot and Nick, you sort of are able to, uh, you get out in front and, and start to kick the, uh, the nth gear on your hoverboards as you get close to the portal zone. And just as you slip through, materializing in front of you, that they're not on hoverboards, because um, that's a very countercultural thing. Uh, I'm picturing, like, hover bikes, hover uh, ATVs. Uh, some sort of a, a uh, vehicle that you kind of like a like a yeah like a hover bike. I'm gonna say a motorcycle style thing. Hover Segway? See... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the bikes are more threatening. I'm going with it. Uh, you see <laughs> two agents of the organization known as Rescue slip through a dimensional rift and are suddenly there in front of you. Uh, and Nick and Elliot, you sort of you, you just see this start to happen but it's already, you've already engaged the nth gear and away you go careening into null but Chester and Angus aren't so lucky 
Rescue is a uh, division of uh, Drow, discovering and researching other worlds uh, that specifically deals with, you know, cracking down on the teen slug blasting problem and sort of enforcing uh, a zero tolerance policy towards interdimensional uh, shenanigans. And unfortunately, due to your disaster role, you are picked up by Rescue. Uh, and you make it back to your home plane of Null, but not not with your friends. You you make it back in custody. And that's where we're gonna leave the plane of Venispar. So for the downtime portion of our game today, I think the very first scene that we need to see is something involving Angus and Chester. Uh, you guys have been picked up by rescue, uh, who are the sort of uh, authority uh, that cracks down on slug blasters from Null. They're uh, they're like a, a subsidiary of, of Drow, uh, whose laboratories you've infiltrated prior, uh, but they don't know about that. Uh, but they are specifically the the enforcement arm. They're the they're the cops of this uh, of this scenario. But I think they are are a lot lighter of a touch. Like they're they're cops if NASA had cops. <laughs> um, and I think you guys are picked up by the uh, the two agents on hover bikes as we uh, established. But they very quickly take you back to sort of a uh, a hover paddy wagon, if you will, uh, sort of a. a uh, cube van style like there's a large space that you two are put into in the back and they sort of ride up front separate from you uh to be transported back to your home dimension robin i i want to clarify so if if we were to compare this to nasa cops would it be kind of like if nasa cops were a thing is like they're complaining about like hey you're leaving all this space junk we have uh, spaceships we want to launch. This is a problem and less of a, like we're just targeting people for no reason and are awful yeah, it's it's not the the space force. Uh, it's not it's not a military wing. It's specifically like ah, you teens, you're getting you're bungling up our rocket launches. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta call your parents on you. So it's it's very just like, hey teens, stop, just stop. Which I think we can all relate to. If you've ever met a teen, you probably <laughs> wanted to tell them to just stop. Uh, if you've ever been a teen, someone probably should have told you to just stop at some point. <laughs> or they did. We all know what that's like. <laughs> so uh so yeah I, I don't think you're like you're not manacled and and shackled to the wall and you're not like you know roughed up at all you're literally just like you're put in a thing and they're like we're gonna take you home and so yeah you we we talked a little bit in the intermission there and each of you sort of has a scene that you want to do in your downtime phase that i think will work nicely uh sort of dovetailed into one scene together tell us briefly what it is what the downtime scene you're doing is and what you're sort of unlocking with it and then we'll go into that scene yes so i have two style i would like to spend both of them on two rounds of in the lab Remodel phase arrays, solder on scram units, mod potentiometers, print an expanded chassis, order a new plasmic lens, gain one component so I will gain two components, and do none of the stuff I just described and more like covertly stick a stru- <laughs> screwdriver into my into my skip modes and tinker with them while I'm in this cube van. Yeah, I think um, for narrative purposes, you had one of the orbs, uh, the, the sort of magnetic orbs that, that locked your gun into place there. So I think maybe you were able to, like, for narrative purposes, that's where the components uh, that you need come from that you're using to upgrade your device. Does that make sense? Love it, love it. Cool. Uh, And then, Chester, what scene are we getting from you? 
so we're doing a grinding scene uh, where it's clear to style, a scene or a montage of you planning, prepping for the next run, training, practicing, etc., and then you gain a special. The special I'm going for is one called Watch Out, uh, where uh, you can clear one trouble by introducing a new problem to the scene, uh, the, the game master picks, but you can suggest things. So how I figure uh, my training for this is going to go, in this conversation that we're going to have at some point, I'm just going to say, watch out. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, watch out at some point during this interaction. And then that's that's how you get abilities, folks. That's all it takes. This is like... This is like an improv game. We've been given the prompt of watch out, so we're going to have to work that in at some point in the scene. We're going to try to honor that suggestion. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'd love to see the scene. You two are in the back of this uh, this hover patrol vehicle uh, being transported back to your home dimension, but you have a few moments to yourselves uh, to tinker, to train, uh, and to reflect upon the, uh, the situation that you've gotten yourself into. Um, let's go now to Chester and Angus. So, so I think uh, Chester, he is still recovering from that awful, awful cheesesteak and that had been burning his mouth. His sunburn is like setting in. He's sweating profusely and it's like, you know, his bandana around his head is just like drenched. And he looks over and he sees Angus there, you know, with a little screwdriver picking away at his shoes and he just, hey, uh. Hey Angus, it, um, can what what what's going to happen now? I haven't really done this slug blasting thing. Are we are we, uh, are they kicking us out of the multiverse or whatever? Angus has one shoe on and is has the screwdriver into the heel of another shoe. He looks up at Chester as he starts talking. Yeah, they're gonna take away our slug blasting license. <laughs> There's a <laughs> gonna go on a registry probably. Uh, There's a license for this. I I mean like oh no you didn't go and get licensed to slug blast. I just assumed it was protected by the Second Amendment. Um, <laughs> oh that, no, I, Chester, we I, don't have the Second Amendment. They're gonna haul you off to slug blaster jail. No, oh no, I can't get yeah, slug blaster. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you were joking. So was I. <laughs> sure you were buddy uh, nah you got nothing to worry about like they're just they don't care they pick up teens who are from Null bring them back to Null Pfft, whatever oh I, I yeah okay but they look kind of uh, serious and official and, and you know my, my dad and my grandma are gonna like think that this is really serious right but <laughs> I mean you know, if someone were to look at you at a first glance, they'd probably think that you look pretty serious and intimidating. And then, you know, eventually you figure out that you're kind of clumsy and you got your heart in the right place. And, you know, it's just the impression that you give. The, the difference is, I don't think you mean to give that impression. They mean to try to look serious. So if they have to put on an act that bad, it really can't be that bad. Wow. Man. You're you're right. You know, it actually reminds me of what my my Graham Capone always used to say when you're in like trouble. It's like, at least you're not currently on fire. And it's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it could be worse. And as Chester stumbles to explain his grandma's folksy wisdom, 
Uh, you hear the, uh, you feel the vehicle lurch to a stop. Uh, Watch out! And then I... <laughs> Uh, and as the door swings open, for some reason it swings inward, which seems impractical, uh, but it, it almost clocks Angus in the side of the head, uh, but Chester saves him just in time. This is going to actually be, uh, the thing that, like, that I think is going to get Angus to test his new ability. Holding his other shoe in his hand, he slams it against the wall and triggers the causality hoop. What, what does that do? Mark one boost, you can roll to skip back in time a few seconds to retry an action or warn someone of a slam. (laughs) So I don't know how reasonable it is to be like, Angus literally goes back in time, but maybe he's managed to trigger something in a way that, like, time slows to practically nothing, and he can move pretty quickly, and it can only last for a couple seconds, and then it's like a, a spring, it snaps back into place kind of thing. Yeah, I, I we can explore a little bit more of the specific mechanics going forward, but I think what happens here is the door starts to swing in, Chester screams, watch out, because it's on a collision course for you, and then you're suddenly next to Chester, and he's screaming at a, a empty space where the door swings freely open. Uh, and kind of has to do a double take to be like, wait, where did you, ah, ah, you're right next to me. Uh, and, and the agent on the way in is not sure why this kid just yelled, watch out at nobody. Hell yeah, it worked. The, uh, the agent is sort of mid rent. Uh, there's two of them, but one of them is on his way and he's like, all right, so we got their ray guns. We got their hoverboards. We got this, uh, this kid's armor. I think that should be all of the, the contraband that we, and then he looks up and sees that you have, a sneaker in your hand with a screwdriver and sort of like there's wiring coming out of it because you've been tinkering with it and you haven't closed everything back up yet. And he's like, oh my God, is your shoe another one of the things? Who puts it? Why would it be in a shoe? We wouldn't even have thought to... No, God, give me your shoes. You no, gotta... no, 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 no. It's it's a, a, a wheel. They're Heelys. Don't, you don't take my shoes. That's contraband and we got to take them. I, that's, ta- I, I, sorry, kid. Rules is rules. I think Angus might try to swing. It's not going to go well, but he doesn't want his <laughs> shoes to be taken. Um, uh, I, I'm going to step in and do that whole thing of, like, get in between and, like, you, you know, maybe Angus is swinging past me, but, like, I'm like, uh, hey, let it go, man. Let it go. No, 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 not my shoes. God damn it. And I think, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Angus, you're you're out for blood, but Chester knows enough to be like, let's not make our situation any worse. Um, and maybe you, maybe you get a piece of the officer, maybe you don't, but the end result is your, your shoes end up staying with the rest of the aforementioned contraband, uh, with the rescue agents. And yeah, I think you guys are, are from there taken, you know, you're, uh, uh, processed and, and, and sort of returned back to, uh, your, your homes and we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out in, uh, in the upcoming downtime scenes. But for now, your, uh, your... Signature devices, as well as some of your secondary devices, are are safely in in rescue lockdown, apart from you. question because mm-hmm. i know that we have five team style at this point you sure do basically i want to open up a new portal zone 
I think I want to open up the one into the waking pits. I want it to be, I think we could have a scene of uh, Elliot talking to Nick about the waking pits. Maybe. Um, should I use team style for that or should I use my own personal style for that? Uh, I think maybe team style. Cause I, I, uh, my, the downtime thing I was going to do, I'd love, um, I'd love the whole team to be with me for that. Um, I, so I feel like we'd sort of sign off on it there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get that scene of the conversation between, uh, Nick and Elliot. Is, is this Nick and Elliot, once they went through the portal, it's like, oh no, R- Rescue was there, I guess we're walking home together, that's, they ain't coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think Lake catches up with you, back in Null. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, Lake, here, uh, take your cannon back. Oh, yeah, thank you, thank you for stashing for that for me, that was, that was, uh, a huge lifesaver. And and great great job using it. Um, later when we have a chance uh, for my own uh, you know down little downtime, uh, I I can I can show you how to use it um, for next time. Really, that'd be awesome. It yeah, like I'm cool. not. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super fun. This thing's wild. I can't believe they sell these at Toys R Us. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick, what what happened to you when they threw that ball? Oh, uh, I guess it it was sort of like a its own portaling sphere. I, first I got teleported into the waking pits, but then another guy teleported me and we ended up in Prismatia, but but then I, I sliced up a, a bunch of them so I could see into different dimensions like I was a god. Um, <laughs> Wait, the waking pits? What did you ask me again? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. You you went to the waking pits? Oh yeah, it was weird. I was I was standing by the fountain, but then all of a sudden there was there was thunder and lightning and bats and and and, and castles and and like it it completely different zone dude that's goth as hell <laughs> yeah i guess it would be <laughs> we should oh we got to figure out a way to get there i would love to check that place out yeah that'd be oh cool. i could i could take a look around I, I i don't know that we have a path there yet but i i could definitely look into it awesome yeah if you need my space time ampimeter it's it's available oh totally yeah, I think between the three of you, between uh, Nick's firsthand knowledge and and the little bit of, he was able to observe of sort of the uh, the space time curvature in that locale, combined with the use of like Zampometer, the three of you are able to unlock that zone. So go ahead and mark uh, a passageway from Thenispar to the Waking Pits uh, on your map page, uh, and you guys have unlocked yet another dimension for future adventuring. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, Lake, did you, uh, you, you alluded to a downtime scene there. Did you have one in mind that you wanted to do? Yeah, I, I guess while I got, while I got you guys here, I, I'd love to, to be in, uh, go and do an in the lab as well, uh, and mm-hmm. sort of getting, uh, three things done in one, in one scene. She, she invites Elliot and, uh, Nick, but also if they're available and around, like maybe it's later in the week or whatever, mm-hmm. um, the other, the other two, uh, members of the squad, uh, so in the lab, I'm going to make a disc okay. with my one style. So I'm going to clear one style. Uh, a disc is a clear, one of the, one of the main components in a parameter dial, uh, which is what I already have. And that's what uh, Elliot used. And she's like, okay, so you see the parameter dial here? It's it's like a dial, but it's more like a golden tee golf ball thing. And so like, if you think of like a color gradient in like a, in a, in a um, illustration software or like, like, like paint, it's sort of like that, so it's like it's like a dial, but it goes in all the directions. And so th- basically, this is how, if you're going to use the reality cannon, how you're going to want to do it safely. It's really important that you you um, fire, you know, get the the combination of the buttons right, and you aim properly, because obviously disaster can strike. And so the three things that I'm doing: one is making a disc, 
in in instructing mm-hmm. this. Two is letting Elliot know that it's okay that she touched my de- signature device and I'm not mad about it at all. <laughs> and in fact, promoting safety. And in fact, she's going to stream this little safety demonstration just to add one extra bit of plausible deniability to her mom. Um, oh, be like, very good. Look, I showed everyone how to use this thing safely. I'm really, I'm really working like laying it on a little thick. Um, and if you'll allow me, I, I, this is the part where you can, you can yes or no. The reason I wanted everyone here, I didn't get to use pep talk during the run, mm-hmm. where it gives everyone one d six on their next action. Obviously, there's no more actions to take, but can I use pep talk now so that should anyone ever have to use my cannon again, they get a plus one because they got this safety demonstration. Yeah, I, that's that's a fun offer. It's not exactly how the rules work mechanically, very but I, so. I I like it a lot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna honor that. I I feel like it's a very rare occurrence that someone else yeah. someone uses someone else's signature device. So if it ever happens again at all, that it comes yeah. up. Uh, the the flip side to this is it is a hundred percent on you to remember that oh, yeah. this is a thing that we've established and and bring it up at the time because I absolutely won't. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, that is that is the the bargain I'll make is perfect. The the next person to use your reality cannon that is not you gets plus one d six on it. Should you remember to inform me that they do? Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I I lay it on an extra little thick with my mom. Uh, and also uh, make it make a disc. So that's my downtime. Beautiful. I love it. So this is uh, the final warning, clear up three trouble, an argument, a punishment, an ultimatum. What do they want? What do you? What don't they get? What don't you understand? Mark one doom. Yeah. So I think you are you are um, brought right to your front door. Um, maybe you're like the first on the way. I guess like that is up to you as well. Like Drow, you guys, I, I don't know if you have like driver's license and ID that they can be like, this is where we're taking them to. So they may be just relying on your word of like, where do we, where are your parents? Who do we take you to? We can't just let you go. You, we got to bring you to somebody who will take custody of you. Uh, so does Chester tell them where to take him? I, I think so. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's... You don't try to like pull off a con where it's like, oh, take me to my friend's older cousin's place and he'll pretend to be my dad or like, you're, you're just like, yeah, take me home. Yeah, that's right. Like, I'm not, uh, Chester may not be smart enough or uh, bold enough to like, hey, yeah, th- I- I'm going to pull off this con. So, like, yeah, I hear yeah. it. And he's probably been in trouble in the past and, like, you know, maybe cops have brought him home or, like, whatever. So I, I think he just kind of takes it. Fair enough. So, yeah, you are, are brought to your front door. Uh, they still kind of, you know, got a hand on you and they're they're uh, not going to let you completely... Uh, run off until you um, you're in in view of a, a parent or guardian uh, and they, they ring the doorbell and I'm gonna leave it up to you Chester who comes to the door is it your dad your grandma or both uh, I was gonna go with both I think yeah. I think I think it's good if both are there beautiful so I think it's your your dad that answers the door uh, and I think once again, your grandma is doing something just sort of in the background of the scene, but is there to to observe and weigh in if and when she wants to. I think she's quilting. The entire living room is sort of like 
there's all these patches of fabric and she's kind of got it all laid out in front of her and she's she's sitting on the couch and, and stitching uh, a new square into a quilt. Uh, but your dad is the one who answers the door. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, uh, th- thank you. Thank you, officers. Yeah, you have a, you have a good night too. All right. Good. Get home safe. It's, it's cool. Hover, hover bike you got there. That's, all right. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Click, click. Door closed. <sighs> I I didn't... Look, I was just trying to help out my friends, and things got a little hairy. It, I didn't. I was trying to help them all out. Chester, this uh, nega friction, this uh, this this transdimensional science stuff that I don't I don't know too much about it, but tell me, son, do you do you know the the sort of restrictions they have in place for interdimensional law and how that relates to say uh, a Canadian work visa? Do you know? Do you know how those those rules interact with each other? You know that I have no idea what you're saying. You know that I don't either. I have no damn clue. And he really starts to use his temper. What could happen to my work visa and our life here in a new country with your grandmother if you get into literal interdimensional trouble? Damn it, Chester! This is the final warning. Hey, I. I, we could probably figure it out. There's always a way out, right? That's, like, not, the, it, it, that's not the point. The point is you are jeopardizing my ability to provide for you and your ability to set yourself up for a reasonable future. You're lucky those guys don't keep records and that they're just glorified like NASA cops, all right? If those were, <laughs> if those were police officers, I, I could I could have, I could, we could lose our visa. We could, we're, we're you know, this isn't the country we're from, damn it. <laughs> Well, f- fine. I, I didn't. I'm just trying to make friends here, Dad. I'm just trying to fit in. Sounds here. like you're and trying so- to make friends in Thanisbrower or wherever it was you were. That sounds almost correct. I don't know. I don't really pay <laughs> attention. Just remember, those who don't pay attention are doomed to repeat second grade. <laughs> I'd like to think that's also on the quilt at some somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, your grandma is not entirely paying attention to the conversation and is just reading literally what's on the square of the quilt that she's sewing in at the moment. And it's kind of tangentially related. I mean, Graham, you know I repeated twice, but look. Oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to find friends, Dad. Well, looks like you'll have to find him here, because uh, I was going to take away your, your hoverboard and whatever contraption it is you found a couple weeks ago, but it looks like those guys did it for you. So, I, good, I guess they did. you got your comeuppance. You're, don't leave this. I can't believe these words have to come out of my mouth, Chester. But do not leave this dimension again, please. <laughs> Keep your head down, finish high school, and then you can... Move out and do whatever the hell you want. And he, like, throws his hand up, picks his bottle of beer up off the coffee table. Not, like, alcoholic reasons. He's a hardworking guy. He's enjoying a beer after work. And, like, goes on, goes off into his bedroom. Beautiful. Chester, can you pass me my pinking shears, please, dear? Okay. Here you go. Thank you. 
And we leave that scene there with uh, with Chester's dad furious at him and Chester's grandma half paying attention and thinking, what a good boy handing me my pinking shears. That Chester, he's all right. He's a good lad. Oh, I hadn't even considered the fact that the board that they took away is not yours, but is your work hoverboard that you have on loan in order to make deliveries for the restaurant you work at. This is going to make recovering it an even higher priority than it already was, which I think was pretty high. Uh, let's move over now. Um, who else has a downtime scene they want to buy? Nick Nick is hitting, hitting the lab. He is, he is doing... It's, it's major upgrade time for him. Kind of motivated by... A- after the last adventure in Disney, his mom was pushing back on him about how slug lasting is getting him in trouble and how it's risky and and he's he's just a little kid you know he can't take care of that and i think in seeing that he was teleported to other dimensions against his will today and also some of his friends didn't make it out he is feeling a bit of the pressure on he's not willing to admit that he's in over his head in slug blasting but he needs to up his game if he's gonna be able to make it in here he need, he needs to he needs to power up like all of his favorite shonen protagonists. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so in doing this, I am going to actually be spending all my style to start going down one of the downtime trees in the smarts playbook. The first point of it being inspiration, uh, which you clear one style, you get a crazy idea for a trick, a portal zone route, a piece of tech, a promotion strategy, or something else. And then I'm also going to go to the second phase of that results in which you clear two style, your idea shows promise. Gain two components, uh, and actually, I won't read all the other things because the thing I'm going to do there is gain two components. Essentially, having spent all those three style, I'm getting two components. I'm also going to throw my last style into, in the lab, just the normal gain a component. With that, I am getting two gems and a disc to go with the existing lens I already had. Uh, and I'm going to be adding two different abilities to the Nega Friction Sword. Very cool. Uh, set the scene for us for uh, I, like I, I feel like we can probably fold them into one. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think essentially from the moment that Nick gets home, I don't think he sleeps that night. I think he's just up working for like the next twelve hours, tinkering and and trying to draft up things that he can change with the sword. And he's just locked in his room, like isolating himself to work because he he ne- he needs to do it to become a a better fighter a stronger player in the game yeah may i offer that maybe Mm -hmm. you're locked away in your room and you're trying to crack this like how do i power up the sword how do i how do i reroute this power source into the other device and maybe make it do a thing that it couldn't do before uh and you're just like you're you're pouring everything you've got into it but you're hitting a wall and and the idea for how to finally overcome the snag uh, comes when you least expect it, not when you're grinding away and, and pushing through because that's just, just slamming your head against the wall. It comes when uh, when you're interrupted uh, by your uncle who, who wants to share some of his uh, obscure and eclectic taste in anime with you. And maybe, maybe <laughs> oh, totally. you uh, gain an idea from the unlikeliest source. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, like <laughs> Nick's, Nick's been working and he's making some progress, but he's just like... Something's not clicking, so he finally leaves his room, and he goes to, like, get a glass of orange juice or something, and, like, Uncle Terry's in the living room watching something, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, on the couch there, and is like, uh, well, I'll throw it to, to your uncle. Uh, hey there, hey there uh, 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 young Padawan, I was uh, gonna come see how the, the tinkering was going. Oh, Terry, uh, sorry, I... 
think I had low blood sugar or something. I needed to get some OJ in me. Oh yeah, sure, sure. I just uh, actually dropped off some uh, some groceries here for you, you and your mom. Uh, I work at the grocery store, if you recall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I remember that. And uh, yeah, I, just, you know, I got a discount, but also I just I got the the, the um. All my imports came in. I, I ordered them uh, online and uh, just thought I'd just share, share some of the real exciting ones with you. Wait, the, the most recent order? Yeah, the most oh, recent order. What have order. you got? Uh, Nick just like downs a whole glass of orange juice <laughs> and like drops the cup in the sink and rushes over. Uh, he pulls out like a, a, a Mylar, like the kind of bag that you get shipments of DVDs in, like the bubble wrap bags. And he goes, yeah, we got volume two of My Pet Sensei. We've got uh, volume six of Oh Pretty Crime Witch. Uh, a whole bunch of volumes of Ten Pence Grand Calamity, uh, and some of the so- Sword Symposium XL mangas. H- here you go, buddy. He, like, puts them down on the desk. <laughs> and as Nick uh, picks up one of the, the mangas and starts to flip through it, there's an image on one of the pages that just resonates with him, and suddenly it all clicks into place, and he's like, oh my god, I've, I figured it out, I know exactly what I need to do. Uh, and and you ha- you share this brief moment nerding out with your uncle, but it's cut short because you have to get back to the lab. What man? Your eyes just lit up on that splash page there, uh, sport. What what, what, are you, <laughs> what are you thinking, <laughs> Uncle Terry? I, I think this is exactly it. I I I don't have to be all offense with the sword. I, I can also do things to to be more defensive, and and that'll help me protect the rest of my team. Far out, man. <laughs> I, 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 I need to, I, I need to go back. I can, uh, uh, thank you, Sensei. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Oh, that kid's going places. Amazing. Uh, Nick runs back to his room, and uh, and what is it you're unlocking on the sword? I can't wait to find out. Yes, yeah. Uh, one of the upgrades that I am grabbing is the ref coating, uh, which allows me to deflect energy attacks by marking a boost. After you can roll to redirect the energy as an attack, ah, so mm. just very, very Jedi lightsaber, and <laughs> bam. bam. Uh, and then the other one I'm going for is Nega Friction Wake. Roll to boost your speed as your sword accelerates through matter, even air, and pulls you along. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, so it or the nega friction, the way it's described in the book, it has the thing of like when it, the sword comes against friction, it speeds up. This just sort of takes that to the next level where it can also speed me along. Ah, very cool. Very cool. Uh, so on the downtime chart for the chill, there's something called caught in a plot. Mm-hmm. Clear one style. You overhear something, get mistaken for someone or get ushered into the wrong line. Ooh. Gain gear, components, portal zone, or rep with a faction. Okay. Mm. So I think we're going to play out the scene at Fust. Fust is, is in the Slug Blaster rulebook. It is uh, sh- uh acronym uh, for Follow Us to Slam Town. Uh, and it is sort of an independent slug-blasting gear and paraphernalia shop. Fust is a group of die-hard, anti-establishment old guard jerks known for refusing sales to moms looking for birthday presents and banning kids from their store for not knowing what peelback is. Uh, their sister shop, Infinite Pizza, has been a slug-blasting hotspot for years. So I'm picturing it's kind of like they're maybe right next door to each other as well. It's like you've got Infinite Pizza and then it's like sort of all part of one retail space that like you go through a little 
doorway with a beaded curtain and you're into the the slug blasting gear shop uh and so maybe you just stopped off for a slice so the guy at the counter is like uh yeah what, what what do you have uh yeah just a pepperoni please nice nice classic and he like scribbles something illegible on a receipt uh, and puts it on a clip above his head and then throws it down a little zip line to where the person making the pizzas is. Because it's it's a cool independent pizza place and they make everyone by hand uh, to order. Uh, and so as as you're waiting, the, the guy in the background is, you know, flipping the dough and doing the thing that pizzas do. Uh, this <laughs> clerk up at the front is like, uh, so you, uh, you been on any sick runs lately? Oh yeah, we just got back from Thennis Bar. We uh, busted up a doorways protest. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And then you hear from the other side of the shop where the where the gear is sold of like, hey, uh, Thennis Spar, is that is, is that you? Uh, do you, you say something about Thennis Spar? Yeah, I was just in Thennis Spar. Uh, <laughs> you with that? Uh, you you with uh, the crew from there, right? Uh, j- jet, jet set radio, jet something. Uh, let me let me check it here. Jet Collective, that's you, right? The Thennis Sparsian crew. Uh. Look, I got I got that order of Hasware uh, in that that you guys ordered. Is that you or not? I, it's just sitting here. It's already prepaid. I just it's taking up space behind the counter here. It's a small shop. Is that yours or ain't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely mine. All right. Well, I'll be I'll be happy to be rid of it. It's a big big parcel here. This has all been yelled at you from the other room. You haven't seen the person who's yelling at you. Uh, and then as they round the corner, they're completely obscured by this giant parcel that they're carrying in both arms. <laughs> um, and they sort of bring it in and hand it off to you, uh, at which point now your vision is obscured because you're holding it. And by the time you're <laughs> able to set it down on the floor, they've disappeared back around the corner like, ah, it's good to finally have that out of here. Now we get, now we got a little bit of space to work with. This is more like it. All right, who was, oh, yeah, you in line there. And then they're off doing their own thing. And you you never once lay eyes on who this person was. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and uh, and just as you're maybe having second thoughts or thinking that you should clarify what's going on, you hear like, order up, and your pizza's ready. Awesome. <laughs> and there we go. Just like that, you've lucked into, uh, I mean, you had to pay for the pizza, but you lucked into some Hasware. That's pretty sick. Uh, will will your elaborate ruse come back to bite you in the long run? It's a, it's a chain of downtime scenes, so we'll see how this plays out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's jump over to Angus, because uh, uh, we've seen how things played out with Chester's aftermath. Uh, but Angus, uh, where where do you get the officers to drop you off? And whose custody are you remanded into? Uh, well, first, I say that they can drop me off at the convenience store and Jerry will take care of me. Uh, then I say that they can drop me off at the school because Patterchuck is actually my long-lost father. Um, <laughs> I think it's at that point that they're like, you know, we're not like really cops, but we do have a holding cell. You got one more chance, and if you don't take us to a real parent or guardian, you're going in the cell. I think you'll say, okay, okay. You got me. And then he gives them the address to Burger Man. (laughs) 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 If they're going to take away his sneakers and not let him fast forward through time, he will waste theirs. (laughs) I mean, okay, so I think, yeah, you you, uh, show up at the Burger Man 
I think you give them like for some reason Angus has memorized the street address and so they're not <laughs> you're not just like take me to the burger place you're like no you got to take me to this address and when they pull up they're like okay come on you got to be kidding me no this is this is done we're taking you back to Drow headquarters and you're going in the cell until someone comes to claim you and it's at that moment that you hear like oh hey ho- hold on just a second um and r- running up to the uh, officers and you uh, outside of their their hover wagon is your brother. Oh dang, that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold on a second, a- Angus. Wh- what are you doing here? Oh, it's it's you know such a long story. I I mean, well, first, are these NASA cops? First, I was at the convenience store, and then I was at the school. And now here I am at Burgerman, and you're here, and uh, which is perfect because we've been looking everywhere for you. The officers relay to your brother exactly where you were and what you were up to. I can't believe this, uh, officers. I'm I'm so sorry. I uh, look. I'm 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 just parked over on the other side of the lot. I I can I can take him home. I d- does does he is there? I, I don't have to pay a, a bail or, or anything here, do I? I. Uh... Nah, nah, we got we confiscated all the contraband. He's uh, he's not wearing shoes, so um, yeah, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> well, I don't think it's supposed to rain, so he'll he'll be fine. Seriously? Look, enough lip out of you, man. The uh, the officers seem satisfied. I think they're mostly just tired of of dealing with you and are like, sure, uh, and they they hop into their uh, vehicle and and hover away. Not cool, man. Taking my shoes, not cool. You're lucky that's all they took. What were you thinking? How did you get in trouble with with, with, with cops who have a hover van? Whatever. They shouldn't have been there. No, it's, it's not what... Been where? Where were you that you ran into hover cops and they took away your shoes? But, this uh, isn't something that a, a normal kid should run into. E- e- even, like, the, the most foolish delinquent that I know wouldn't run into hover cops and lose his shoes, Angus. <laughs> and how many foolish delinquents do you know, Garrett? None can compare to you, little bro. Ah, shucks. <laughs> do you have any idea how Mom's gonna feel about this? Mom doesn't need to know about this. It worked out great that I ran into you. <laughs> You, you seriously think I'm not going to tell mom how much trouble you've gotten into with the hover cops? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you rat me out like that, Garrett? Look, I'm not hurt. I'm mad. But she doesn't need to know. I was really good. I went grocery shopping with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you went grocery shopping with her, so then you could go lose your shoes to hover cops. I didn't mean to lose my shoes, and if the hover cops had never shown up, we wouldn't be in this mess. Yeah, well, now we are in this mess, and you don't have shoes. When are you going to start thinking about how this other stuff impacts the rest of the people in our lives? I've got to buy you new shoes now. Doesn't No, I'm getting those shoes back. I'm not letting those shoes go. Screw that. Yeah, you're gonna go get your shoes from the hover cops when you don't even have shoes? I'm- you need shoes to go fight cops, Angus. <laughs> Look, just, I, you can't tell mom about this, okay? It's bad enough that the stupid hover cops are on my back and that you're on my back. I don't need mom there too, okay? I can't, I can't go. I gotta stay in school. What what do I gotta do? I Fine, you I have the upper hand. Know. Is that what you want me to say? Angus, just 
I don't even know how I would tell her this. Something about hover cops. I... Easy then. Just, Just don't think s- next time. <laughs> you sound like dad. Well, somebody has to. Jeez, not this again. Just get in the car. I'm going to stop at Walmart to get you shoes. Christ, this is going to be a long car ride. What, you, you want to show up at home and, and tell mom why you don't have shoes? We're getting you shoes. Fine. And I think they continue to argue about about the shoes as they get into the car and, and make their way over to the Walmart. Uh, I'm, no, the... I'm no family therapist, but I feel like it's not really about the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful. Oh, man, I got intense. I felt that in my soul. Uh, sorry, super quick mechanical thing. That yeah. that counts as final warning, I think, so I will clear my three trouble. Yes, absolutely. That was the scene we were doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then I think uh, with that, we go to our final scene of the game. A fluorescent bulb flickers, casting cold, pale light down a utilitarian hallway lined with thick metal doors. A pair of rescue agents in dark crimson uniforms march down the hallway in lockstep. They pause outside of one of the doors to key in a passcode. The door opens with a pneumatic hiss, revealing a dimly lit room lined with rows upon rows of transparent boxes, too many to count, stacked from floor to ceiling, each with a small red light glowing on the front. Each of these pods is about the size of a steamer trunk, and within them we see hoverboards covered in scorch marks, Signature devices coated in slime, and ray guns scarred with acid burns, telling silent stories of slug blaster runs gone wrong. The rescue agents finish loading the two pods near the door, the red lights on their surfaces illuminating as the pods seal shut. Trapping within them two ray guns, two hoverboards, a set of powered armor, and a pair of sneakers with a screwdriver sticking out of the side. (laughs) 